market, dude. Let's go bold. heist movie no it's a stoner movie in each episode brad and adam discuss a single minute of the big lebowski it allows life to exist in the bleak black emptiness of space providing insight i don't know she said that <laughs> maybe saint sneaker comes and like puts little trinkets in the commentary he's found himself in a world turned upside down <laughs> Flare, 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 flare. And conjecture. It looks like the pool is empty. They shot it all on a green screen. You can't do a pickup. And now, Gutterball. Black dog runs at night, my friend. And only at night. Certainly does. I almost didn't answer your call here because... So I opened up Skype and I... I had a message. A message? Yeah. It was from... From the black dog? No, it was from Bad Girly Mine 996 um, huh. And she says... Well, she doesn't say anything, but it tells me that she wants to connect with me. So, ah. you know... Oh, this devil you. This could be the start of something here. I don't know who this is, but... That sounds promising, doesn't it? So it's like you're calling, bad girly my 996 is calling. Who do I do? Where do I go? Who do you do? That's the operative question. Who 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 do I do? <laughs> <laughs> I chose you, you though. Who do you connect with? So to say. I connected so with you, Brad. All right. So, know that. Know that I have options. All right. It's not like no. I'm sitting here alone in my empty home waiting for you to Skype well, me. Well, that's, I appreciate that because, you know, I, unlike you, have no options. I'm simply here <laughs> 24 hours a day just waiting for your <laughs> Skype call. Power up. It's Tuesday. Time to engage. Oh, see, now you told them when we recorded. Oh, I'm trying to keep it. You ruined it. Clean. Shit. Yeah, but they don't know what Tuesday. That's true. This is whatever Tuesday is the most recent Tuesday to when you're listening to it. That's when we recorded it. So I'm going to jump into the like dreams we had segment part. I love that. Just mix only, it up. Only because, though, I had a Lebowski dream. I am so... You know, that's not fair. You had a Lebowski dream? You haven't well, even read any of the book. The wait to hear I mean, it's all not right. fair. I should have the Lebowski dream. I clearly like this movie more than you do, right? Well, I'm having the dreams. So that's got to count for something. Fuck you, man. 
All right, I've reached tell the me. dream stage. All right. Although it was kind of like a Lebowski meta dream. So it started out like <laughs> I was at a... Uh, Lebowski meta dream. Yeah, I don't know what that means. It's a dream of, of dreams. <laughs> I collected everyone's Lebowski dream. In, no. So what happened in this dream is I was at like some kind of festival. I guess it was like some sort of Lebowski fest. All right. Type thing. And there are people there dressed up like Lebowski characters and everything. But in my dream, for some reason, there's some part of the movie, like it's some thing in my dream world with this movie that has to do with like a raincoat. Okay. Like a raincoat that has like the metal um, clasps in the front that like snap. Easy on, easy off. Snap it on, snap it off. And yeah, and there's so there's something about like in the movie, like unsnapping the raincoat. That's like a Clouseau raincoat, you know? He's always got that and he has the tie around the waist. Yeah. And I imagine yeah. it has snaps there. Don't say yeah, you've never seen those movies. Well, I've seen pictures. Okay. I'm not talking but... about Steve Martin. Oh. Yeah. They just... made a new one? <laughs> they did. You didn't know that? They made two new ones with Steve Martin. Oh, I thought you meant. I thought you were talking about one after the original Steve Martin ones. <laughs> I hate you. Just go on. So they went on. So there's this raincoat thing, and so in this, like, we're in some kind of amphitheater or some kind of Lebowski fest, and there's like people in costume, and you have, and like, but like walking through this, like, through like I don't know, through the structure, like behind the bleachers, there's like rain, like giant raincoats. Like, huge. Like, they go, like, several stories high. And as you go from one segment to the other, you have to, like, unclasp them. So they were sized for you. walk from one second to the other. Yes, more or less. Right. So. So, yes. Yeah, so you have to unclasp these raincoats. But then. So then in the center stage are, like, people that are the people from the movie, which at this point, it's just become kind of abstract, I guess. I mean, it's still the big Lebowski in some way. Like, there's people dressed like characters from Lebowski in the audience, but there's still this raincoat thing. And the people... It's like a Jacob's Ladder scenario where they're wheeling him down the hospital hallway and things become less and less connected to reality the exactly. deeper in he goes. Because then what happens is... The people on stage, um, this is where my brain kind of melts, and I can't really explain it, but there's somehow... You can't explain your dreams to... You had the uh, impossible screw in the door jam, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. Your dreams is... like to fuck with you. Exactly. So the people on stage, somehow, there's... This is where we get into like this minute-by-minute -minute breakdown, because the people on stage... While they're the people from the movie, they're also somehow getting applause for their minute-by-minute -minute breakdown of this raincoat movie. It's no longer the Big Lebowski. So there's a little bit of gutter balls, the podcast thrown in there. I don't know. It was bizarre. It's like... A lot of the movie had to do with opening and closing. A lot of the dream had to do with opening and closing these raincoats. It was really hard to get anywhere. The man with one tan raincoat meets... Gutterballs meets the Big Lebowski. 
Something like that, yes. But no Tom Hanks at all. Which is no a bummer. Hanks. You know, he's all right. He does good stuff. Well, I'm jealous that you get to have the dreams. And meanwhile, I'm usually like dying in my dreams. Which are the best I've ever had, so. There you go. That's really just a Gary Jules song. Mad World. Yes. yes. So I can't Remade famous. Remade famous. In Donnie Darko. I was looking up um I thought Well Gary Jules covered it. Right. That was the guy that did it in Donnie Darko, right? Yes. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. That's a Donnie Darko. Tears for Fears. Oh, was that Tears for Fears originally? Originally, I couldn't remember who did that. Yeah. All right. I mean, I originally only knew the song as the Donnie Darko, like, piano moving version. And then one day it's like, oh, no, this was Tears for Fears. You know, look it up on YouTube. And I was like, oh, this is like some weird 80s song. Right. Wow. Those songs can be good. (laughs) Imagine that. I think a lot of those songs can be good if they're just rearranged. Of course they can. No, I'm serious about that. They're not good in their original format. But they can be made to be good. I mean, I think they're still good. There's an essence of a good song in there. It's just covered I, by so much weird, dated bullshit. Agreed. Agreed. That like, you can't. It's hard to dig out. To so really much hear like what's happening there. Digital orchestration over top of the good stuff. It's like weird, like horn flourishes. It's like what the fuck do you need a horn flourish in a song ever? Really, maybe like twice in the history of music, you could have like a like a digital horn flourish. Maybe it could work, but don't have that all over them. Don't have synthesized beds going through your entire song. Don't have slap bass the entire time, asshole. You know they were. You know they were just trying to find where the limits were. They were trying that. You had to go way past the limit. I will give them credit for trying. Right, but it was better once it came wheeling back in. But I was looking up um, all this raincoat talk. I thought maybe that Dufino was wearing a raincoat or a trench coat at some point in this movie, but I don't think so. I haven't cheated ahead too much, but I just looked up um, images of Dufino raincoat. I don't think so. I think he's just in his weird suit. Dufino, that's the uh, Brother Seamus guy? Yeah, Brother Seamus. Yeah, I don't think... Nah, he's just in his suit. I don't don't think there is a raincoat. I did the same thing. I was like, well, is there a raincoat in the... Because, you know, after you have a dream, you're like... uh, You're not sure, like, what's real. Like, what part was the dream and what part was real for a little bit. Absolutely, right. And I was like, well, is there this raincoat scene in Lebowski? Does one of the characters have a raincoat? And maybe that's just... Inspired? The, no, there's no, there's nothing. I don't even think there's any rain in this movie. Never rains in Southern California. Although what's weird is, I searched Raincoat Lebowski, and it came back with a picture of Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. He does wear a raincoat in that famous scene where he murders Jared Leto. Hmm. But this wasn't a raincoat like that. But granted, I won't say it had wouldn't have maybe inspired it somehow. Isn't Patrick Bateman wearing a black raincoat? No, it's like it's like a completely trans, 
transparent raincoat. Oh, weird. In that scene. I and this was like a yellow to brown, halfway between yellow and brown raincoat. This was like an over-the-top raincoat that you were dreaming about. Like yeah. classic, like we all live in a yellow submarine splashing around in your big rain boots almost. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Like caricature of a raincoat. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine Patrick Bateman wearing that kind of raincoat. I got, well, it's weird that Raincoat Lebowski comes back with Patrick Bateman. That is weird. That is a little weird. Yeah. So, yeah, Christian Bale didn't decide to do uh, the Batman-Superman crossover. Well, no. I'm happy for that. Why? Why he are you happy need, for that? He doesn't need to, like, taint... His good the run? legacy of those movies, even though... You think that's going to be tainted? Wait, are we allowed to say taint? We certainly are. Okay. <clears throat> you think that's going to taint it if he was in there? I think that movie is going to be shitty. Why? Just because, like, why would the strongest man or creature that's ever lived have anything to do with just a dude dressed up in a bat suit? Like, how could no, that ever I, I work? wouldn't say that, because I think that, in some weird comic book logic, can work. See, I hate that comic book logic. I was never a well, comic book person. I mean, the idea is that, yes, granted, like, there's no way Batman could ever, like, even come close to taking Superman in a fight. But Batman's wits, he would never even have to fight him. That's the deal. What, what wits, though? Batman is, the, is super witty. I know he's That's super his witty, thing. but, like... Like, no one's wittier than him. Like, hey, Superman... Just use your laser eyes. Zzz, done. It's like Knight Rider. Like Kit, they established that Kit had a laser that could come out and blow shit up. It used to frustrate my little eight-year-old mind. Okay, Goliath is coming, the big tractor trailer. Use your fucking laser on the front of your... Garth. Yes, Darth. Garth Darth. or Darth? Garth. 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 Like Wayne right. and Garth. Wayne's right. world. Garth. Right. Garth. It was, it was David Hasselhoff with a little goatee. It was Garth. Evil twin brother with a little goatee. Yeah. Yes. Use Even your though... laser, man, and blow it up. Just every time. What's the answer? You, there's no rebuttal for that. Just use the laser that you established that you have. But no, we're going to like... My problem is... Drive around real fast and try I'm to... I'm not like... Ugh. Problem is Zack Snyder. I'm just not a fan. Well, I know you're not a fan. No, I'm, a, I'm actually an anti-fan at this point of Zack Snyder. I know we've been over this. 300 and what did he do? The Watchmen? Yes. Yeah, I don't like either of those either. Although I do appreciate 300... Sucker Punch? I didn't see that. And neither did I, but it's, it's it apparently dethroned Showgirls as the worst movie ever made. Well... Man of Steel. I didn't see that either. I didn't, but you watched that. I did, and I and I'll admit I watched it. And at the end, I was like, "Well, that was kind of a bizarre way to do a Superman movie, but it was kind of entertaining." So, all right, I'm with it. It was better than the previous one. But the more, yes, but the more I thought about it, then afterwards, 
the more like my original like well that was a bizarre way to do a superman movie just continued to like nag it. i'm like yeah like why what the fuck yeah i think that's the thing it's don't get fancy with superman right that's not a fancy story you know an all-powerful human-like dude has to like save people that's it just do that now i haven't seen the movie so i could be just be talking out of my proverbial ass but. If I was to do a Superman movie, there wouldn't necessarily... Maybe this is why it would be bad, right? Like, I'm not a filmmaker, because and Hollywood's not going to let me make one. Because if I did a Superman movie, I would not have a villain in it, per se. The villain would be the world, and like he'd have something to like, like that. balance good and evil when there is no real good and evil or something. It's Superman is always much more compelling to me. It's much more exciting when he's doing something like you know, saving, like, you know, like saving people that are going to die in a plane crash or there's an earthquake and he, you know, something like that, you know, who has to run faster than a locomotive, leap over a tall, but like that stuff is cool. But when it's like, oh, I'm going to fight like the monster from Dimension X that we have to make him like as strong as Superman to make it make any sense. It's like, well, what's the point? Now it's just like watching Hercules or anybody else fight something. Or like wimpy dude versus another wimpy dude. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't become as compelling anymore. I got gotcha. you. I'm, I'm, I'm following you. Or here. the other option is well, listen, put kryptonite. Throw out some kryptonite and make them weak. I hate that. There should be no kryptonite. Yeah. Or if there is, it, I mean, I'm kind of okay with it, but it has to be like a, incredibly sparing. And I will give Man of Steel credit for not having kryptonite. There's zero kryptonite in Man of Steel. Is that like time travel in Star Trek? Or is time travel in Star Trek a little more palatable to you than kryptonite in Superman? Time travel in Star Trek is more palatable. Okay. What about... um, Well, I won't even mention it. Forget that. Forget I even... Nothing. Let's move on. I have a revisit. Yes. I don't wanna I don't wanna do that stuff. Let's let's revisit. What do we have to revisit here? Um only one thing. Um and I wrote it down as angel bullets. Okay. And so that's an interesting way to put that. But it's at thirty six thirty and it's when you know, Walter rolls out of the car, let's take that hill, fifteen MPH. And he mm-hmm. rolls out, grab the Uzi. 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 Didn't think of us rolling out of here naked, did you? Let's take that hill. Okay, rolls out. The Uzi goes spinning off, firing in all directions. And the sound of the bullets, like whizzing past the speakers and hitting the back of the car. They're so like... I mean, I put angel bullets down, so I want to say there's an element of angelicness to it. Like, it's, it's a beautiful sound. It's almost a beautiful thing. But that's like how Walter doesn't get hit like right. 10 times. I, I just don't know. So there's this weird like it sounds so beautiful and yet this is a deadly horrible thing that's happening. Right. Like guns are pretty terrible. Like they, they're for killing. You know, that's what you use them for. For killing. For man slaughtering. Man for Putting slots, slots in, in men. men. 
And yet they it sounds like the sound is so it's there's some daintiness to it. Almost like they're dancing around. Oh, It's funny, you know, we're supposed to be laughing at it. Meanwhile, it's like hitting the car, like the dude could have got his head blown off. Walter right. could like have got was, killed. If this was Big Lebowski by Tarantino, right? Right, they'd be dead. This is the moment, yeah, exactly. Where the like, horrible thing happens. Right. It's like, oh, it's funny. <laughs> on her naked, and then all of a sudden, like, right. at the back of the car, just... <laughs> right, yeah. The dude's head is gone now. Well, speaking of Tarantino, and that's where I thought maybe you are going, because you mentioned Angel Bullets, and then... Mm, mm-hmm. You talked about, you know, I'm reminded of Pulp Fiction because right. again, right. they didn't hit, they didn't get hit. That guy comes out of the bathroom right. with blam, the hand blam, cannon. Blam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Goes all around him, and so that was the debate there. Like, how, you know, how could that have happened? Right? Jules, Samuel Jackson's character, felt that Gary Jules, Mad World, exactly, felt that perhaps angels came down from heaven. Right. Divine intervention. Divine right. intervention. Because he had him dead to rights. It's like eight feet away. You don't miss that many times. But maybe, so that maybe that's the message here is like guns are elements of chaos. Well, especially if it's just spinning around in the road. Like it's hard enough to. Now, I'm no firearm expert. Maybe we could get uh, Robert, the bench rifle enthusiast, back on the show. But. Um, as far as urban legends go, like an Uzi is hard to control. It's not meant for accuracy. It's meant for like just spraying, right. like just a field of just well, that's chaos. The truth of pretty much any combat, right? Rifle, firearm. So maybe in some ways, so like I'm, so I'm told, like you could get hit right between the eyes, or it could just go around the contour of your body, or it could spin around in the road. And not hit anybody. Well, there's something to be seen for. You could probably do some. So you do see the Uzi spinning around. Mm-hmm. So you get an idea of how fast it's spinning. And then you could figure out what its rate of fire is. And then you could figure out how much coverage. I don't know if this makes any sense. But I no, think no, like no, we could sense. mathematically say, like, okay. Like how many bullets? How like it's, how many bullets? It it so it's spinning on an axis, an x-axis. You know, it's just it's not going up and down. You know, right? It's only rotating in one, along one axis, in one plane, in one plane. And how fast is it spinning? So it spends, you know, half a second with, uh, you know, sort of that uh, V shape. That uh, Walter is in. Right. Maybe half a second, three quarters of a second. So how many bullets does it emit per second? One. So it's only... There's less than... Less than one bullet going towards him, basically. Per revolution. Or per rotation, I guess. I guess if you look at it that way, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he didn't get hit, but it does spin around many times. You would think, like... Why does it ever stop? Runs out of ammo? Maybe. How many 
You know? Yeah, I have no idea. How I'm many sure. bullets does that magazine hold? You'd gotta think at least 20? I don't know. This is something easily researchable. Somebody knows this offhand. I bet Steven knows it. We'll have him back on. Uzi, magazine, clip. Uh, we know the rate of fire. Uzi magazine clip contents. NSA is loving this. Alright. Oh, capacity, not contents. Capacity. Do capacity. Uzi magazine clip. How many bullets in an Uzi? Answers.yahoo.com. I mean, they've got to be right. Right? And what do they say? Whoa! Holy... The typical rate of fire for an Uzi submachine gun is about 600 rounds per minute. Alright. But the typical magazine is 32 rounds. So I said 20, it's actually 32. However, there are aftermarket magazines that hold anywhere from 20 to 50 rounds. And I gotta think... Walter would have an aftermarket magazine that had the maximum capacity. So let's say 50 rounds. 50 rounds. That's five seconds. Which is roughly correct. I mean, I don't know. I didn't time it, but it's in the same order of magnitude of how long this gun is going off for. Wow. I mean, 10 rounds a second. Boy, that's intense. It didn't seem like it was oh, firing wow. that many rounds. Well, I mean, what would 10 rounds a second sound like? I don't know. You know what I mean? What the fuck do I know about anything? Like, exactly. It's not like at that rate you can like count the individual. Right, it's like steps, can... like doing foley for people walking down a hallway. If there's three people, it doesn't matter if there's three or ten. It all sounds the same at that point. It's the same thing. It all just blends together. So, okay, ten rounds per second. Wow. Uh, shit, so that means every time it passed by and, like, he was in its firing path, there were probably six to eight rounds being fired towards his body. And since he was on the same plane as the gun, that is almost a miracle that he didn't get hit once. Well, I think a big question is how far away is he from the gun? He's pretty dang close to it. He's, he rolls out with it. But he continues to roll. Because at the end, he's... Well, at the end, strangely, we don't see him or the Uzi no. on the ground. Well, that, he commented. Right, that's an oversight, but... We're willing to it, overlook it. Yeah, you see how close he is. Yeah, F it, man. Yeah, it's hard to imagine him not getting hit. I mean, 10 Unless rounds a second? It's shooting, because think about this, too. Like, it hit the dude's car, like, in the tail light. See, in the, you think it's bouncing it, around a little bit? Like, it was, it's somehow shooting upwards, because it didn't hit the dude, like, in the tires, even though it's laying on the ground. You know what I mean? They show it hitting up the hood. I and mean, again, that could just be an oversight movie logic that doesn't make any sense. 
it's cool to see the tail like it shot yeah. out. The, yeah, I mean, if you just shot out the the tires, the the movie would be unnecessarily complicated. Well, I think it's in the realm of possibility that you know if you roll out of a car going 15 mph, that the Uzi could hit the ground and like bounce around for the first couple of rotations. You know, right? So it's like well, pointing up, pointing down. You know, it's bouncing. It's kind of flopping around well, a little again, bit. Well, again, at this thing, let's, let's, I'm looking at, I'm trying to look at this shot of this Uzi going in a circle again. Yeah. Well, when it first comes out, you just clearly see it. Like, it's almost like pointing up in the air, shooting. But then it seems to settle flat on the ground, going yeah. in a circle. Yeah, I mean, when you see it, like that classic shot of it, you see the car in the background speeding away in the distance, Walter's rolling off, it is flat on the ground, just right. rotating. Although, right before that, when you see Walter roll out with it and the Uzi starts going off... It could be pointing straight up in the air. It is pointing. It's more or less pointing straight up in the air at that point going off. So that might be also something, you know, that kind of saves Walter from being, like, hit with ten rounds. I have to admit that they did a pretty good job because it's firing for about five seconds and then it stops. That's about five seconds. So he's got an aftermarket 50 round clip. It goes from, so he rolls at 36, 28, bam, it starts. And 36, 22, or 36, 32, sorry, it stops. You know, with a little like, wiggle room on either side so it's four to five seconds and he could have had like a you know a 40 clip magazine or something right exactly because maybe the 50 clip or 50 round clips are a little unreliable you start to cram too many of them in there right you know maybe he likes to travel light (laughs) what am i going to need more than 40 rounds for anyway it's a miracle that he did not get pegged here I don't care what that thing's doing like right you know there's the whole entire like it can't point down below the ground because if it does it's just gonna bounce around and get you I'm just saying (sighs) you'll get a million dollars all you have to do is we're gonna rig this Uzi we got a string tied around the trigger you have to carry it and jump out of this car, and then you let go of the Uzi, and it's going to bounce around with you. And then if you don't die, then you get the million dollars. I'm not really taking that opportunity. Right, I would agree. So, what's all this one in a million talk? Anyway, Angel Bullets. That was my revisit, although that strayed pretty far from my original idea there. Here's another... Oh, yeah. Oh, you just sneezed. I could tell. I heard it. You yeah. sneezed well, I kinda or like, have this, like I don't know snorted if it's or something? Allergies or something. So I have to like clear my throat from time to time in a loud, boorish manner. So I hit the little mute pedal and... You like to get into it. You like to really feel it, like own own the uh, throat clear. I just got to do it. 
I understand. I don't have the luxury of that, so if I'm to clear my throat, you're going to hear it. I just kind of <clears throat> go over there, and then it's not quite as bad. You take it out in post? No, I don't. I just... We were, this is authentic recording here. It's too this much authentic work. Authentic internet radio. That would be work that I just don't we need to put on myself. We are biological beings. <laughs> this is not some kind of like... You know, magnificent, um, angelic choir. That's These are just two flesh and blood human beings <laughs> with all of the uh, downsides and strengths. All the come with humanity. We're like heirloom fruit. They may look a little uglier, but they taste more beautiful. Talking about organic beings and organic fruit. It's a weird little thing. It's so subtle. So it's right at the beginning of this minute. Um, the dude is running up to Walter now, and they're watching the Nihilists speed away on their bikes with the briefcase. Mm -hmm. um, the wind is blowing. They're outside. But if you... So watch this shot. It's a close-up of Walter. The dude's running up to him. You can really notice it if you look at the signpost in the background. It's a floating camera shot. Meaning it's moving around a little bit. It's not locked down. Like the stop is the shot is not completely static. Like it's it's kind of floating. It's kind of moving around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see that? Oh yeah. And it pans over, and then even once it settles, like it's still moving. You see the nihilists, it's moving, it tilts up a little bit right before we cut. Cut back to them, still moving a little bit. Not really a motivation for that. It's just you're outside, the wind is blowing. You're moving around. What's interesting is, so this is the chaotic environment. Guns are going off, nihilists are there, they're doing this stressful drop. You know, Walter's rolling out of the car. Walter says, fuck it dude, let's go bowling. We cut to the bowling alley. This shot is solid. So look at like the bowling balls on the rack in the top left corner. Right. Besides yeah, the yeah. little film judder that we talked about, besides that, like it's locked down now. So now they're in a comfortable environment. You know, it's familiar. It's locked down. So there's that like It's sort of like a little chaos there, out out up in the hills with the drop and the gunfire. And when they come back to familiar environs, static and locked down and comfortable. Which is, that's a really subtle thing. But I think, like, all these little things do add up. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, what I'm thinking of is how... You know, this was, I've, I don't know, I pegged this later on. I'm trying to think of what might have really started this whole um, move to this, but it's kind of like faux, I'm going to call it like a faux verite style, huh. where they started filming scripted dramas kind of like they were almost like documentaries or something. I want to say it was 
Now, this is ridiculous, but I was going to say it was NYPD Blue. That's I was going to say the same thing. I know. I was going to say, I think that kind of started that. But uh, I'm just a jackass. Like, what was I? I don't even know. 12 or something. And it's like I would stay up because I knew I could see boobs. It's like, yeah, once in a while you'd see Dennis Kranz's ass, and that sucked. But once in a while you'd see some boobs. So that's just on network television. So yeah, I'm going to stay up and watch that. But I remember it's like the camera was always moving around, sort of like, Floating around like it was right. never and it would quickly locked down. Go from one, you know, like let's say you're watching, you know, the one character, the two characters talking at the desk. Then, like you know, the other character comes in through the door. The camera just kind of swings swoops over, to up, them. yeah, or moves up, or swoops right. over, or then it might swoop over and then like zoom in, right, like, right, to get to them, and then come back. Yeah, like the, it created that, and only for like one second, maybe, and then back. Yeah. Yeah. You got it, you know? You understood somehow. Right. But, like, it made sense. It worked. It's not like it didn't work. You were really no, going to well, say that? it created that? attention. It, like, worked to, to make you feel like it was real. They, like I said, like this, like, verite, like this, like, it made it feel more. And it didn't matter, because, like, they started using that. That was one of the things that I loved about uh, Battlestar Galactica. They filmed that that way, too. Right, even like the CGI stuff. Yeah, even like the external shots of the spaceships were shot that way. Which were just things created in a 3D modeling program right. that they had to put a digital camera in, like a fake camera, and they actually programmed those moves into the fake camera as if some guy is there like moving it all around haphazardly. Right, and then you'd have to like rack the focus too right. like it would like kind of like zoom over and the other space would be like out of focus for a second as it had to like focus right. in right. but again incredibly effective right I, mean, I just thought it was cool as shit I just gotta say well I still haven't seen I'm like halfway through the first season but I have finally you know like seven years later started to watch it so to I'm see like see what all the fuss was about right you tried to make me watch it back in the yeah. day I remember we watched like the 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 like the, the the, the, the little mini series, like the pilot TV movie that started it. Yeah, it was good. Good stuff. Yeah, they did that in. Uh, I'll mention another. Uh, but you wait before you really John were going to say production. NYPD Blue. That was yeah. Your, I was going to say NYPD Blue. The first yeah. time you noticed it too. I don't know if it's the first time I noticed it. I feel like you know I haven't really even seen a lot of that, but I feel like that kind of got the credit for that. Or was it, you know what, you know what really did, I think? Mm, there was that other show, Homicide. Wait, Homicide? Homicide, Life on the Street, TV series, 1993 to 1999. NYPD Blue. Well, I was right around there. 1993 to 2005, so same time. Same time. It's a uh, volcano situation armageddon deep impact situation they're making a verite cop show we got to do one too exactly i feel like maybe homicide i don't know i I don't really watch cop shows but i feel like homicide really you think they were first out of the gate or if they weren't first i think they really like did that whole and i could be way off here so i I shouldn't really talk about stuff i have no idea about but i feel like they were maybe, you know, while the show wasn't as good, I think maybe they were overreaching more and like maybe did like a lot more of that. Uh, hmm. See, I would have said the opposite. Because kind of I, I, well, maybe not. Maybe you're right. But um, 
it seemed like NYPD Blue got the more of the press for it, but maybe oh, yeah. that's just because it was a better show. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I've made it a point to watch all of the Mission Impossible movies in the last five days. What boggled my mind is that the first uh, reboot of Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise, all that crap, was 1996. That was 17 years ago. Sounds about right. Well, there was a Mission Impossible TV show in the early 90s. I have forgotten it. I don't remember that at all. Not starring Tom Cruise, I assume. Are you saying it was starring Tom Cruise? I'll take no, your no, silence no, 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 no. as it, no, it, it wasn't, wasn't starring, starring Tom Cruise. It wasn't starring Tom Cruise. It was just like nothing to do with the Mission Impossible movies. It was predates them. It was just like a... This is ringing you know, a vague bell. It was just like it was on the ABC Sunday nights. It was like an action show. I watched it to some degree when it was on my younger days. It, it was always, and this was, I mean, this is, I guess, the Mission Impossible thing. Yeah, they, You know, they'd always do the thing, oh, let's make a mask to look like the other person. And That's their whole, they do it the, every er, time. Every time. You'd think they'd catch on, like everybody would just catch on. Like, just punch everybody first. That's how you should introduce yourself every time. Just punch them in well, the face. So going back to this Verite-style camera work... This was 88 just... to 1990, by the way. Peter oh, Graves. Oh. Creator Bruce Geller. That was the uh, reboot TV the show. The reboot TV show. Yeah. Gets a good they, review. But The Office, and now Parks and Rec. Yeah, they all do that. And then Modern Family. As oh. I've never seen that, but I'm told that that also does. Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. That's a funny show, Brad. Funny because, I mean, The Office had the conceit of they're actually filming like a documentary. Whereas I think Parks and Recreation doesn't have that conceit. It's just like filmed that way. Mm. I don't know about Modern Family. I'm just imagining it's the same thing, just like filmed that way. You know, I've watched enough parks and rec that it seems like I could say this with with more confidence but no I think they do the little like you know they do they do like, at the camera a little bit I th- still think they do that they do do that you're right they well I don't think the funny they do the like confessional style like you know cut to the character in the hallways like explaining their no, little yeah, part of the story yeah they definitely do that but I'm thinking about um you know, the love interest of Amy Poehler, that guy, whenever he right. is with the looks tie. Looks at the camera. Yeah, like he like looks what? at the camera a la John Krasinski's character yeah, in The might. Office. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's pretty much the same deal there. But yeah, that was ushered in by NYPD Blue and Homicide. Interesting. Anyway, yeah. they're doing no, it here. A, uh... But I wonder if this existed in film. That's stupid. We're so stupid. If that kind of thing existed in film long before that. I wonder I wonder if there were things that existed before NYPD Blue that were cool. Well, I, well, I mean, I don't think what they're doing in The Big Lebowski is the same thing they're doing in NYPD Blue. It's kind of similar in the sense that I think it works well to create anxiety. But I think it's much more... Well, they're not shooting the entire movie that way. 
Yeah, and even that scene, they're not necessarily shooting that way. Like, the, there's not like a camera in the car with them per se, right? Like, it's right. still yes, the, the the it's still kind of like a handheld, somewhat shaky cam kind of a thing, but it's not. But again, it's much more subtle. It's subtle. There's subtlety. It's just like again, the idea is okay. We want to create some anxiety, some tension. Well, this is what you do, right? You don't have the camera locked in there, which is more involved than just you know they shot this on film so this is not some guy with a camera on his shoulder it's not like today like you could make a rig that could shoot a film-esque movie and the dp or the camera up could have it on his shoulder and be carrying it around handheld and do that with without a steady cam even maybe big lebowski they're shooting film. This is like a Panaflex. Like, this is a rig. So, to do this little, like, it's almost as if somebody's holding the camera on their shoulder is hard. It's hard. Do you know how much that rig weighs? I don't. But isn't it just on some kind of, like, springy thing so you can kind of Hold it and move it, but it well. That would be a it's just not locked in. That'd be a steady cam. Well, but I I don't think this is a steady cam. I'm shot. not thinking steady cam. I'm thinking there's something. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I'm just saying, like, yeah, they have it on like a jib, you know, where the tension's just right, and they can move it around in this way. But that's a rig that has to be set up. If you want to move, like, ah, shit, we got to move five feet over that way. All right. Everybody shut down for an hour. We got to move over here now. Like it's not as easy. Right. It's right. just a lot of work. That's all my point is. It's a lot of work when you're shooting on film. Which is why digital digital wins. Maybe uh never just took to close out this verite style discussion. I did find I did search for trying to find maybe the origin of this a little bit and I'll just point to a uh, conversation here on some forum where a user asked, was it NYPD that used that funky camera style, off-the-shoulder, manual zoom, twitching back and forth, etc.? Where did this style originate? What's it called? And then someone replied, it's just called shaky cam, meant to create anxiety where writing can't, basically just makes folks turn the channel. See, that's not I love true. People on the internet, right? Just not shaky cam refers to a very specific thing. Um, what's his nuts? Uh, Evil Dead, Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. That's where shaky cam came from. It's the classic, like we're chasing Bruce Campbell through the woods and through the house, and all that was was a camera on like a two by eight or a two by ten. So, like an 8 or 10 foot long 2 by 10 however big it had to be to like go through the spaces, and it would have a guy on either end, and put a little handle on either end, and they'd carry it, and the camera would be in the middle of the 2 by 8 And you put the camera there, and then you just chase the person around. Coen Brothers used it in Raising Arizona for that scene where they're going up into the, the Arizona's kid's bedroom, 
you know, up over the car, up the right. ladder, you right. know, same thing. It's maybe they were a little more sophisticated with it by then, but it's essentially camera on some sort of like long stabilization device that has an operator on either end, which could be as simple as a friggin' two by 10 with a camera on it. I use that in a movie that we made. That's a shaky cam. So this is not shaky cam. God bless that person. But I, what I'm looking at now is maybe this can be where we move off of the uh, verite, quasi verite style. Mm-hmm. But dudeism posted. I was, I'd still had this open, looking for uh, trench coats or raincoats in Lebowski, and there's this. It's a book cover called the Defino Code. It's all like crazy looking and like part of the cover is ripped out and you see Defino staring through the ripped out portion of it and the author at the bottom says Bro Seamus, author of Your Special Lady. I'm going to send you this here. Send it. You got to see it. That's all. So we can go anywhere now, I guess. Uh, well, I, ha- I had some audio notes, but... <laughs> well, I think, you know... So we're finally... I think it's there worth mentioning... Send it to you. There it is. That. <laughs> there <laughs> it's it is. classic. That's pretty good. That is good. That is a nice uh, image macro. Or I don't know what you call it. Uh, it's... Image macro, I, I call nice it awesome. Little... Image macro. Trying to understand what that could yeah, mean. Yeah, I just okay. Ignore me. Forget but, that. But I think it's worth mentioning that we are uh, finally off this. Oh, thank God! This this scene with the dude and Walter in the car making the drop. I'm telling you what. It's been I don't know how many how many episodes has it been. This is episode 38. We're still talking about it. At least five, man. At least I five. I think it was episode 30. I'm looking back here. Yeah, I'm trying to find it's it too. It's really hard to... This Google Doc is so long. Episode... Right, and this is only 10 episodes. Yeah. Episode 35 was your being very undued. Two. 32, I episode think. Episode 34, your her life was in our hands. Because episode 32 is Her Life is in Your Hands. Well, we can... Why are we it doing it that way? It was episode 33. We then. just rewind and look at the movie. Yeah. yeah. It was episode 33, Laundry the Whites. That was the first episode with this, where he pulls up to Walter. On the okay. Stoop. So, this is, so that was episode 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, and now episode 38. That is six That's episodes. six episodes! Man, we've been talking about this. It was but granted, it's a great scene. It's my second gut punch. That's your so. second gut punch. So good thing because man, six episodes on what's essentially the same environment. That that was actually tough. Like, you know, if you have a thirty-second scene, I can find all sorts of reflections and weird like visual anomalies going on enough to talk about something. But six episodes in the same place like how many times can you talk about like weird lights in the background before you run out of shit to say well, we've answered that question i think 
I think six. I think. So let's hope there's not, you know, a scene that lasts longer than five and a half to six minutes. So we can say adios. We can say adios. Fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. With that. This is another That's your one. answer to everything, isn't it? Now this... Fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Yes. Oh. Fuck it. Tattoo but it on your forehead. People do say fuck it a lot in this movie. I say fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling a lot. This is another one. This is probably my top five takeaways from Lebowski. Fuck it. Let's go bowling. I say that a lot. A lot, Brad. I understand. Like, every three days, probably. I'll say it to somebody, and I don't always say it to somebody who understands what it means. Sometimes I just say it to somebody who has no clue. It's like, I say it a lot to people that have no clue. Right, and they're like, uh, like, are you ready to be fucked, mom? (laughs) No, I haven't done that yet. I haven't done it yet. Did you do that at work? Um, not at work. I I have a way that I'm going to do it. Maybe I'll record it. No, I might get fired. Um, I'm gonna say it though. I got a way I can do it. That's right. that's twenty bucks, right? Didn't we agree on that? Simon's got to chip in. I don't know if we did agree on that, but I'll agree to that now. All right. H- how do we prove it though? I'll take your word. All right, I'll take your word. We we've developed enough trust at this point. But yeah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Anytime there's a semi-hopeless situation or something I just don't want to deal with, I say that. Eh, fuck it, dude. Go bowling. Which is so great, because this is a monumental thing. There's life and death hanging in the balance. And he's just like, fuck it. Because they're right. Like, everything they've said, all of their wild speculation, is in fact correct. (laughs) Well, she kidnapped herself, blah, blah, all of it. It's all correct. Walter's just the only one who believes it still. He knows it's all okay. At least that's what I want to believe. I mean, yeah. No. Yes, I will go with that. Like, he's been in the shit. He's watched his buddies die face down in the muck. He's wearing his Vietnam Army coat here. It's got U.S. Army, Sobchak, you know. He's ready to go. He's dealt with bigger players than this. You know, the man in the black pajamas. Worthy fucking adversary, you know. Hand-to-hand combat, face-to-face. This is nothing to him. He sees through all this bullshit. He knows it's small-time... It's small-time shit. They're small-timers. The dude's the one freaking out again. He said it himself. She kidnapped herself. I said I thought she... You should have just, you know, trust your gut, dude. Right. Well, that's... So, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, so so that that snippet of I don't know. Should I wait for next episode to tell the story? I'll wait for next one. I'm gonna wait. I don't know. You can't tease it up like that and then not tell it. I don't well, think. it's just again. So I've talked about this before. 
how this Walter and the dude dynamic is like me and my wife. Right. I'm the dude freaking out at what seems to me to be like insanity, pure insanity, right? Coming right. from my better half here. Right. And ultimately, yes, she is correct, just like Walter. <laughs> but it seems like such insanity. I don't even have the words. What? What do you mean? What? What's the pro? What? What? Like, that's me, right? I'm going to admit that I was doing that. I was being the dude today with my wife. Yeah, I'm always the dude with my wife. And then, this whole thing, again, so I was, you know, telling my wife Christine about this, and I was playing this whole, this whole scene where they're in the car, and, you know, again, pointing out, you know, just to say, like, see, this is it, right? And again, it makes it all okay to say, because you might at first be upset that, like, oh, you're comparing me to this insane idiot Walter, but Walter is correct. He's always correct. He knows he's exactly correct. what's going on all the time. And it's the reason he's so frustrated is that people aren't listening. Like they're not getting it. Now you, so, you could subtract the, you know, waving guns around. Like right. that's a little over the top, but that's just for the sake of the movie. You have to be a little extreme. But yeah. But the whole you said so yourself. Like, that is, like, right, you, you, you said so yourself. I said I thought. You're the one who's so fucking sure of it. That is, like, a distillation, again, of the dynamic in Well, because that's the whole thing. It's like... My marriage. Like, I will say something maybe offhandedly or maybe agree to something in a moment that, you know, I've... Christine has, you know, built something. I'm like, yeah, okay, that sounds like it might be interesting. Not like, let's go spend $10,000 on some new thing the next day to actually do this. You know what I mean? Well, no, I know what you mean. But she's like, well, you said so yourself. You said. But that's the thing. She puts that back on me. And again, it's just like. (sighs) If I could allow a moment for the dudes of the world to get a little bit of kudos. Like, it was the dude's idea in the first place. Like, the dude did have it figured out first. Like, Walter's like, huh? Like, she kidnapped herself. Huh? Like, it never hadn't occurred to him. He's like, listening. Remember that scene in the bowling alley where he's first... And Walter's like, oh, of course. Of course. Walter sees the correctness of it immediately. Like, he sees the truth in it immediately. The dude's just kind of like, blah, blah, blah. Walter sees it for what it is, which is truth. Right. And, well, Walter, what he might have is the ability to stay the course. Whereas the dude, his mind just jumps all over the place. Like there's 18 different competing realities in his head. Which one is real? Well, that's true. Walter's very black and white. And again, I think that probably also, again, in my own little, you know, if we do a little bit of self-analysis and introspection here, I mean, I think that's definitely an issue I struggle with personally, is like, you know, I might decide, you know, okay, you know, here's a set of, here's an assumption I'm going to operate from, or here's my decision, right? She kidnapped herself. Like, that's what's happening. And then the next day when Bran is like, her life is in your hands, all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit. Fuck. You know, forget the whole, my whole mental model I created the other day and my decisions I made. That was stupid. Why did I ever say that? 
bullshit. Yeah. Do you have you? Boy. Listen, not that that wasn't great. I love that. I don't know where this came from. Do you, do you ever look at Minecraft? Have you looked at that? Have you played it? Have you experienced it ever? I, I am a little familiar with it. I mean, I'm familiar with what it is, I think, pretty well. I've never played it. I have only ever seen children play like the ios and the xbox versions not the full-fledged like computer version that like 38 year old men play you know for the children there's you don't really differentiate between any of them they're all the same i'm sure the 38 year old men um you know a la mech warrior or something the stupid video game version i had of that mech assault was dumb but I could play, you know, the PC version of Mech Warrior 3 or 4 or whatever forever and just use my keyboard like a nerd. Anyway, I don't know where this came from, but so Minecraft's whole thing, like, you know, the visuals, it's like giant pixels. Like, that's right. their thing. It's like, and I suppose on some level, like, that was a smart move. It saves on computing power, it's easier to render things. But it's treated as an aesthetic. Like, you're not looking at it as, like, they're trying to cut corners. Like, that's just the look. But that does save on computing power. But what was crazy is, so, my daughter was playing it on her laptop now, and then there's a whole chat interface, and it looked... I'm like, oh, and she's just going through there with all these people she plays with. And... It looked like the Moo. It, even the chat interface was pixelated. Like with dot matrix type text. Ooh. I, for some reason, that really blew me away. Like, wow. Like, almost illegible characters sometimes, you know? Because there's only like four squares that make up a letter. Like, man, even in the chat window, you got the pixel thing going. Complete well, again, aside. that's about the follow-through, right, that I was talking about. What is that? The creator of Minecraft commit himself to those pixels. Yes. pixel aesthetic, not right. the next day being like, well, you can't even read that. Yeah, I guess I'll use, like, retina quality fonts for this part. You've made it relevant. No. Congratulations. You made it relevant. Thank you. That's no, totally right. It's like, yeah, no, we committed to pixels. We're sticking with the pixels. We're not going to have this clean chat interface that makes no sense. It's like you printed it out on a dot matrix printer with the little, like, whole, holy paper on either side that you have to rip off, and then we scanned that in, and now you're looking at that. Barely legible. Crazy. They'll play this thing for hours, Brad. Hours. Just, oh, and the music. Have you heard the music? No. It's this, this uh, melancholy, sparse piano. A little, not 80s style, but a little synthesizer bed and just sparse, plucky piano. Well, am I like sensing this like generational gap here now? It's happening. 
with the kids these days. It's happening. I mean, I try to get involved as much as I can, but... And there's a lot of good things that happen with it. Like, it, there's a lot of spatial reasoning, and you have... Like, there's engineering involved with it. They're building houses and creating entire worlds. And, and they're like, collaborating to do it. I mean, that's yes, the thing. Yes, correct. It's cool. It's that's not correct. just like they're sitting there playing right. Mario like that's we right. had. That's right. It's not in isolation. You know? And they can do it. They can collaborate together on the same screen in the same physical space or across, you know, cities, counties, countries, worlds, different continents and make insane things. Like, did you see they made an entire replica of uh, King's Landing in Minecraft? Like, I, I've heard of that, yeah. Like, down to the brick. I don't think that was 10-year-old children, but it could have been. You know, that that sort of thing is possible. And there's value to that. Big time. Like, there's a generational gap, but I don't, I think what, maybe I'm giving myself too much credit, but I think I'm not, like, sitting on my porch in my rocking chair, my robe, like, screaming at them to get the fuck off my lawn. It's like, wow, this is awesome. There is because it, uh, it is way different than us playing Mario or like Larry Bird versus Doctor J. Yeah, very for different. Twenty hours like that. That, that was, was stupid. stupid. That was stupid. Minecraft is pretty cool. Minecraft is cool. And there is all kinds of Lebowski stuff in Minecraft. I just googled it. <laughs> well, I'm, it's that is ripe for the Lebowski plucking. Send me something. Don't just leave me here. Yeah, I'm looking for the the good ones. There is a. Uh, they seem to have built a lot of like, uh, I don't know, just like kind of like giant. Here's the Jesus. And they apparently have some kind of skin, so you can make your guy look like the dude. That little, like, blocky guy that you normally are. Must be a mod. Could be something like that. Those mods, man. Don't mess around with those mods. Those mods will mess things up. So we have this whole other shot of this bowling alley. There's a blue man. It's all one long shot for this minute. And it's rock solid. Rock solid. Walter's you see Walter. His knee yeah. is fine now. So let me just say that right off the bat. He just had to walk it off a little bit. He, you know, fuck it, dude, let's go bowling. And he hobbles back towards the car. Well, that was fresh. It's shock pain. We used yeah. to have this thing, shock pain. You know, it's like, bam, you slam yourself down on the pavement or something. Ah, I can't move my shock pain. You'll get over it. Rub rub some dirt on it. You'll be fine. So he had some shock pain there. Because he is like, his approach is clean when he rolls. And then later on, you see him get up from the chair and he's walking and he's, yeah, there's no sign of anything. Yeah, he's totally fine. So that that injury is is forgotten now. 
in the cinematic was glossed over. No longer important. It's either glossed over, or it was shock pain, or they forgot. Or it was like, not important to the story. Because <laughs> it's not. We forget that now. The more absurd it is, the quicker we forget about it, apparently. But, I, you know, like I like to do, I look at the background extras, and the people directly to the right, it's this high-waisted pants woman, and this guy that looks like me circa 1994, but there's, so they're, they're deliberating, like 3724, they're deliberating over the score, you know, there's some sort of like conclusion they come to, they agree on it, now he's gonna go and roll, takes his weird little bowling ball, was combed over hair, and she's like standing up, leaning over, like standing up with her elbow on the top of the light projector thing. But this guy comes, he walks behind the dude in this blue shirt, guy in like a white beard. And he just comes walking up, he's got a paper in his hand, and he stops at their table and leans over and starts talking to them and like is shaking their hand or something. Well, they just posted the, uh, the schedule. So maybe he just saw that they're here playing, and he's playing them in the next round robin. Oh, so you went ahead. Are you telling me Donnie's about to come up and say they posted the schedule? Yes. Oh, see, I didn't. I didn't cheat and go ahead. All right, that well, could be saying, it. If we're going to provide insight, we need to be masters of time, both the front words and the back words. No, I agree. You're better than me. Let's just but, face it. But so. I did have a point to that, though. There's a strange announcement that happens at 37.42. Yes. But I can't make out what they're saying. Can you? Are you supposed to even be able to make it out? Because I listen no, to it. No, I don't think you I mean, are. I mean, I know you're not, like, supposed to. Like, it's not important to the story. But, like, is it even anything? Is it, like, Peanuts adult talk is what it seems like? It's not quite Peanuts adult talk. Like, you can hear some on aisle 20. Like, you can hear 20-something. You can hear some of it. So I was wondering if they were making some sort of announcement about these people in lane 20. And there's no evidence to support that. And I'm just throwing it out there. Could be. And then, you know, Blue Man comes up and shakes their hand. Like, maybe they got, I don't know, maybe if you get the uh, turkey, that would have called, you know, what it's called when you get uh, three strikes in a row, it's turkey, right? I know that from Wee Bowling, I think. Yep. Maybe you get, like, a free order of mozzarella sticks. Did you ever get the Lebowski characters for your Wee Bowling? (gasps) Do you intentionally try to make me feel like a fool? 
Did you still play Weeble Online? No, I haven't played it in years. Yeah, me neither. Well, because I was gonna say if you still play it, I could I could send you send you over those characters. Well, I'm going to now. There's a. There, I had I had I had Walter and the dude. Did I have anyone else? Did I have a Jesus? I heard one of your little throat noises there, like a little bubble came up through your throat. I yeah, could have. Yeah, there's some issues. There's some issues. Hey, check this out. So, thirty-seven forty-five. Park yourself at thirty-seven forty-five. And then mm-hmm. I'm and then I'm gonna say three words to you. Are you there? 3745. You got it. Ready? I'm there. Yeah. Johnny number five. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Shit, man. There it is. The bowling, <laughs> com- the bowling. The analog, I was going to call it the bowling computer, but this predates bowling computers. It's just the bowling setup. Number Johnny Five, that lovable does, Indian fella. Yeah, it does look like. Who used to reverse Johnny. his words, the order of his words. That was so amusing to me. Not number Johnny Five, you silly Indian fella. It's Johnny number five. There were five of them, dummy. There he is, right there. Look at it. Oh, and then Short Circuit 2 where he got beat up and like he was bleeding his power steering the- fluid. Oh, Johnny 5 was bleeding. I thought maybe he meant the Indian fellow. No, Johnny, number Johnny 5 in New York, like the thugs beat him up and yeah. I do remember there being a um He like turned gold at the end or something. That's something, you know. It was I, at the very end, like he because he became a citizen. Right, he got his citizenship. He answered the questions right and yeah, asked that was good for that Indian guy for him to become a citizen <laughs> and get and turn gold. <laughs> yes, yes, he went back to his homeland and was a hero. Then I'm surprised so, I was able to watch those movies, considering how like anthrop. Morphized, he was. Don't oh. like that. Okay, I see what you mean. He was. He was not that anthropomorphized, though. I guess he not. was far away from that. I mean, he had a like treads. I would say like C three PO would be much more of a concern. Not at all. Three PO is fine. He's basically a human. He's just a human. It's a nice robot human. Hey, shut up. Make me hate 3PO, man. Come on, Goldenrod. You're a permanent resident. <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't even write that one down. I just saw number Johnny 5 there. What to tell you? I want to give a little shout out to the Reverend. Um, so the Reverend had sent me some info, some intel about the dudes in Walter's bags. And I'm just parked on the same frame, 3745. The dude's sitting there with his phone, which is ringing and ringing and ringing. Mm-hmm. He's not answering it because he doesn't want to talk to them. He knows what they're calling about. Walter's throwing rocks. 
there's three bowling ball bags sitting there. And the Reverend had sent me some info saying that the dude and Walter both had two bags, but that Donnie only had one. So this is interesting. There's three here. Maybe one is not a bowling ball bag. The one, the farthest one away. Maybe that's not a bowling ball bag. Um. So there's three bags. You're saying, right? You contend that those are three bags. Eh. Yes, I would agree. We have three bags. And here, here's something for you. And the and the green one, it had Walter's jacket next to it, and Walter puts his ball in the in the green bag. The dude's bowling ball bag from episode 9, which you can see at uh, 821, is basically black. So none of those are his. Well, I will say this. When they leave, the dude does not take a bowling bag with him. Does Walter take three bags? Walter takes the green bag. Donnie takes the, like, leathery brown one. It looks like it's all embossed or something. But the one that's on the floor, the white one, with the red stripes, I guess it just stays there. I mean, they never explicitly show it staying there, but, like, no, the dude does not walk out with a bag. Hmm. Donnie has the leather one. Walter has the green one. And that's it. So I I went back to episode six, minute six, where the blonde treehorn thug reveals the bowling ball and whips the bag off, and it's this uh, black, blackish bag. So that's consistent. Hmm. So whose bag is that, then? Just an extra bag. I'm looking again to make sure. Does Donnie have, maybe did Donnie have two bags? No, Donnie's just carrying his one bag. The Walter's carrying his one bag. Yeah, that bag never gets taken. Hmm. Were they covering something up on bag. the floor? Like, was there a particularly egregious area of the floor that they had to... Was it just... They were like, when they were doing this shot, they were like, well... There's three bowlers, we need three bags. And then later when they're filming them leaving, you know, the dude gets up in a huff. So you could say that he just leaves his bag. He's like, I don't give a shit, right? Like he doesn't even care. It's not even in his mind, right? He wasn't going to go bowling. He's not in the mood to bowl right now. Right. So, I mean, again... The scene wouldn't work if he went... I mean, maybe it would. I don't know. But the way he just is like, oh, fuck it, he gets up and leaves, right? Like, he was like, oh, fuck it, and he, like, walks around the little Johnny Five table to pick up his bag. I don't know if it would work the same way. No, it wouldn't, but that's the whole thing. Like, this scene works because he never brought his bowling ball bag in to begin with. Because he wasn't into bowling. Because he's all caught up in thinking about how they fucked it up. He's not going to bowl. He's not bowling. You know, I he's mean, just sitting there. If we wanted to go like Lebowski kind of extended universe, Lebowski, what if like that could be someone else's bag and ball that was there for the dude's use? Like Smokey was like, oh, you didn't bring a ball here. You can use mine. 
I don't mind. You know, something like that. You're really like they ran into him when they came in. You're really being an apologist here. Well, I'm just there's a bag there and we all we have is our imagination to fill in as to why and whose it is. Like maybe the dude has multiple bags and it is the dude's and he just leaves it there. Think about maybe it what was you're just saying. there. Think about what you're saying just for a second. <laughs> right. the, the dude's gonna use somebody else's bowling ball? Well he doesn't. That's why he just sits there. Like, Smokey's like, oh, use mine. The dude's like, oh, that's great. I'm just worried about this poor girl. Smokey just like leaves it there. knows better than that. Oh, I mean, it's not Smokey. Maybe it's, who knows, that blue guy that walks behind He them. might as well just be grabbing one off the shelves. Like, anybody who's going to, like, have their own bag and their own ball is going to be there to be bowling. Like, you're not going to give them... What, it's some magical person who has the same finger sizes, same finger girth, the holes are the same distance apart, it's the same weight, I mean, you know? Look, if you're going to use one of those balls that's on the racks, like, those things are horrible, right? Like, they're, they're uneven, there's, like, pits and cracks in them, like, they're pretty much, for the dude, they're just unusable. Whereas Smokies, whereas maybe it's not perfectly calibrated to the dude, at least it's in right. good working order. All right, you bastard. Okay. All right. I understand. I used to shoot a lot of pool. And if I had the choice between, like, okay, somebody brought their, you know, loner custom stick, but it was, like, I don't know, 20 ounces, and I only used 18 and three-quarter ounce. And I had the option of using, like, a house stick with, like, the press-on tip Oh, but it's 18 and three quarter. Well, it's not even, doesn't even say, but it seems like that's closer to my weight. Or I have this kick-ass custom stick that's 20 ounces. Even though I don't like that except for breaking, I might use the custom stick anyway. I get your point. I get your point. I just think, like, that's a couple of jumps there. And I think at the end of the day, it was... Basically, there were there's three bowlers. We need three bags, even though they're so consistent the rest of the time. Everybody's got their bags, and they look the same. Well, I think they're being extra consistent in the fact ah. that it's not the dude's bags. And somebody came over and like offered up a loner ball. Eight time he, dude, as the ex used to say. <laughs> what does it mean? I mean, I saw you sent a little video. I can't look at that. That's nothing I'm going to look at for more than 10 seconds. It's, it means it's the tree of life. Although it's funny, so I had to go into subtitle mode, post caption mode on the video file here to see just what even he's saying. I was like, I don't even know what this is, right? So. The subtitle says, um, A Time He, spelled A-I-T-Z-C-H-A-I-M-H-E. Obviously, this is some... It's Hebrew. Hebrew or Yiddish type thing, right? So I searched for that well, and this is, with well, that spelling. Let's, uh, let's explain it. This is what Walter says. We're treated to this, like, what, 20, 30 seconds of this shot where they start to dolly in on the dude just sitting right. there with his phone ringing not bowling yeah. it Walter's starts off bowling and it comes down into him 
hits. And you see, beginning, because again, it's fairly wide. It's from an overhead vantage point. You see Walter kind of leaning back with the ball, kind of walks forward off frame. Smoking a cigarette, puffing it out there. Yeah. You hear, you know, pins get hit by the ball. <laughs> All this is happening when, well, you know, again, yeah, the camera little is sound moving. effect. I did a little sound effect there. Very good, very good. So I pointed out. Camera is moving in toward the dude. Then Walter walks back into frame. Again, it's all one shot. So John Goodman had to like walk forward out of the frame with the ball and then walk back in here. And he kind of walks back in, kind of like like a well, you know, shit happens kind of a attitude. Like maybe he, uh, you know, maybe he, you know, he didn't ball a good game. Well, that um, that was his second roll for that frame, I assume, because he grabs his ball and sits down, or maybe that's the end of the whole set, the whole yeah, game. Yeah, well, he puts the ball back in the bag, so it's right. like that's the whole thing. So they're done. Yeah. And this entire time you hear the phone ringing. I mean... Which is another tension-developing mention that, element. Yeah. Is the dude's old-school mobile phone that you have to wear with a strap around your <laughs> shoulder because it's so huge is just ringing this entire it's, it's old school cell phone ring. It's like the first video camera I had. It was two separate components. Right. All I right? remember those. Yeah. yeah. And then you'd have the giant thing that you'd put the tape in and close the thing. And then the camera was a separate thing. You'd connect the wire down to the recording unit. The recording unit was strapped over your shoulder. And then you'd be carrying the camera around. And you felt like a mobile film production one man show. Awesome. And now they're releasing a 4K smartphone. Is that confirmed? Confirmed, or still rumor stage? I think. Oh, I don't know. I felt like it was confirmed when I read it, but maybe I just didn't read it closely. I mean, it's an ASUS. You know, some ridiculous offering. Well, it's gonna happen, though. You know, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Just a matter of time. I mean, apparently. It's within our grasp. Yep. So, yeah, so the so Walter sits down. Right, sits down, comes back, sits down, and says whatever the hell he says. It's I am he, dude. It's I am he. As the ex used to say. The, the use of the word dude in that is pretty awesome. Because one thing we sit down, like, it's I am he, or something, but it's I am he, dude. As the ex used to say. Yeah, I don't know. That's Walter funny. repeats a lot of things, you know. I'm sure he's said this a thousand times. Right. So. Well, I mean, I don't know what it, you know, my cursory Googling, like, I, it feels like he's not using this phrase in any way appropriately. It's just like a Hebrew song. Like, it's just a thing about the tree of life. We're going to get some sort of person that might know what he's saying. To examine this. Because this, I tried to have people look at the dude's baseball shirt and interpret or like read that writing, but it was like, it was almost like handwritten characters, which there's enough variation in there that somebody who, like, I don't know, knows like the, um, you know, if you were to type it out, they can read the characters, but if it's handwritten, you know, it's like reading cursive. Like a non-native English speaker 
trying to read my grandmother's letters that she writes me. They'd right. never be able to do it. So maybe it's something like that where, like, obviously the subtitle people didn't know what he was saying. So you tried to Google that, and it just returned all Lebowski references. So you, you had to try a variance of it, right? Well, when I did the... Yeah, so I searched based on the subtitle, what it came on the subtitle, which was spelled a certain spelling, A-I-T-Z, D-H-A-I-M-H-E. Right. When I searched for that, it was all Lebowski. Like, even the first one was like, A-Time-He, like, what does it mean? And, like, when you clicked on it, it was like, it's some kind of, like, you know, translate.org or something. But, like, even there, it said, like, note, like... From Big Lebowski, nineteen ninety-eight. Like it was like everything. It was like like this phrase only existed in the Big Lebowski. It was very bizarre to me. Hey, can you set? Can you like set your iPhone to Hebrew or something, and then just ask Siri translate "Eitz Hayim He" or something, or like even just go in your Notes app and put on the speaker and just say "Eitz Hayim He." You'd have to put your well, what, phone into. What good would that do? Well, then you could copy what she. Well, well, types so, out well, and then translate well, it. But you, so you well, think this YouTube video of the damn tree with the song playing over? You think that's the thing, Tree of Life? I know that's what it is. Oh, you know that's what it is. You're sure of it. I'm as sure as I can be sure of anything. Oh well. So even these Lebowski you have references 18 different scenarios being, running through your head at any given time. That doesn't exactly put my mind at ease. Yeah, it's true, true, true. <sighs> but it's true as it's, it's sure as I can be now. A time, a time he. You want to look up a time he spelled E T Z C H A Y I M H I. A time he. That's a Hebrew song, or it's the tree of life. One in eighteen. What's that like? Six percent? Five and a half percent? Not a good percentage. That's about uh, five point five percent. That's what I said, man. A time he. It's the tree of life. And compounded by the fact that that makes absolutely no sense in this situation. I, mean, I don't think it does. So the lyrics are a tree of life to those who hold fast to it and all who cling to it find happiness. Its ways are ways of pleasantness and all its paths are peace. Help us and guide us, inspire us and provide us. With the wisdom your Torah can show. Cause us to learn, renew, and return, just as in days of old. I think you skipped some there. Return us, O Lord, to you, and we shall return. Renew our days as in... No, wait, did, you did say that, didn't you? No, renew. Yeah, well, I'm just reading some trends on hebrewsongs.com. That's the translation they have. Yeah, th this is a little different. But, uh... Very similar, but mild differences I mean I mean there's granted so there's the literal meaning but then oh here it is if I just do it's Hayim I get oh okay Google came up with a little card for that the common term used in Judaism all its paths are peace that's what I take from that where Wal seemed... Walter's finding the positive outcome in this, and the dude's freaking the fuck out. I guess. Maybe. But it's like, 
But again, Walter's referring to his poor throw there, I think, and not their situation. Yeah. I just don't, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. This is going to require further investigation. It's I am he, as the ex used to say. Because this uh, this YouTube video with the song, with the lyrics and the tree, this is just a time. It's not a time he. Well, the they say a time he. But again, it's almost like he's not even like using the phrase right because he's not quite getting it. He's like using like a random like grammar fragment in right. with it. That's right. Like a time is tree of life. I guess a time he means it's the tree of life. But like it doesn't yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. It's hard to tell. You know, that kind of language shit can go south in a hurry once you start making too many assumptions. I got in trouble with that in my oral exams in Spanish all the time. And this teacher would just look at me like I was a jackass. Wait, what do you mean? Don't don't I sound authentic? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm tr I'm using the accent, you know? I'm being very conversational. Meanwhile, that that guy, ugh. Like, it was just pity. It was pity that my Spanish teacher passed me. Because... This, are you talking high school or college now? College. <laughs> this is after, like, six years, you know? And, uh... Ugh. Like, there was no reason for me to get a passing grade, but I just was so heartfelt about it. Like, I knew that was my only chance. It's like going to the oral exam, have some vocabulary... You're not going to know shit about any verbs or how to use them, but you're going to know, like, cocina is kitchen and can also sort of be cook somehow. So you're going to use that, and you're going to, like, sound really, like, authentic with it. And he just felt bad. He gave me a C, and I got out of there, and I ran away. But, you know, that's all you needed. D's get degrees. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with the Big Lebowski. I'm sorry. Oh, we got... We got something. Do we have anything else for this episode? Or are we winding down here? I think we're winding down. I watched the rundown with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Sean William Scott. Big deal. It's exactly what I wanted... It was stupid and wonderful. I don't know that movie. No, me either. Dumb. Who I cares? I knew they were in uh, Southland Tales together, right? I don't know. Maybe Which that was... I've never seen. So this one was 2003. Maybe that's when... I felt like they were trying to establish like a, like maybe some sort of series of movies with the two of them. John Williams Scott being the funny guy and Dwayne being the kick-ass guy. I don't know. It was fine. There was some funny moments, some funny monkey moments. Christopher Walken's in it, but he didn't dance. I was disappointed. You know, he tries to do a little pirouette in all of his movies. 
But I didn't see him do it in this one. That's disappointing. Yeah, I was disappointed. But no, we're done, man. We can, uh... Let's just... Put the Thousand gun to Tales, its head. Directed by Richard Kelly, who also did Donnie Darko. I feel like it's almost uh, passe for it to come full circle now. Like, we need it to not come for full circle just we once. We need it to be a complete straight line. Just a, in one direction. And by the time it comes for full circle, it will have traversed the entire universe. And it'll be right back where it started. I'm thinking more of an abstract concept where it will never come. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Or maybe some kind of non-Euclidean construct where that's more of what parallel I'm talking long about. lines can meet in infinity. That's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It is a parallel line. It doesn't divert. It doesn't, there's no angle to it. But eventually, it does come back to the same point. That's exactly right. Parallel line. I don't like to think about this. It makes me feel like I'm in the giant room and I'm very small and I have to tile the room very quickly. <laughs> yes. I wish I could remember. I'm trying to remember. I used to be an expert in parallel lines meeting at infinity. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I can't even remember anything about it. You say the craziest shit, man. I got a first place in the Pennsylvania Junior Academy of Science in math for my non-Euclidean geometry product project. And it was about parallel lines meeting in infinity? Yes, and then once you assume a parallel line can be in infinity, it was then all these other things could follow from that. And it was all this, like, um, kind of, like, uh, algebraic, you know, description of this stuff. I can't even remember any of it. So here's the deal. Is that right? why you so cavalierly disregarded my divisible by three scenario? Because you're, like, doing non-Euclidean <laughs> geometry in fourth grade or some shit? What was the... Uh... Divisible by three. That's that thing that I like. Algebra. Like you're like, why do you when you add these numbers, it always becomes divisible by three? Kind of a deal. Yeah, yeah. And then I like showed you the proof to why it was just common sense. Right. Didn't make any but, sense to me. But someone who is like you know used to working in non-Euclidean abstract <laughs> algebras since fourth grade. But but uh, see, it was before I had friends. Right, so you had a lot of time on your hands. So I worked on this stuff. The idea was like, okay, all right, I'm going to be like, you know, interest. I'm going to like, you know, bear my soul here a little bit, right? So here I am. This wasn't actually fourth grade. This was like 10th, 11th. 10th, 10th grade. Yeah. So here it is, 10th grade, and it's like, well, you know, I'm a dork. I'm a nerd. I should do this like Pennsylvania Junior Academy of Science. And, like, to fulfill this stereotype I am of a nerd. And it's like, well, okay, well, what the hell am I going to do with it? I don't know how I ever got this non-Euclidean geometry in my head. That's what I was going to do with it. That's what I did. It's 
crazy. And you, I got first place. You break one little rule, like all hell breaks loose, you know? And then I did a number. So then the next year, it was 11th grade. And because of my success in the non-Euclidean geometry, now I had tons of friends. I mean, so next year, nerd friends, but still <laughs> friends. Yeah, I mean, exactly. nerd so, friends are still friends. Exactly. So next year, when it came time to like do a follow up, oh, enter again. Well, you know, you got first place. Do again, like you know. It was like, all right. Wait, you got like, first well, place again? I didn't. Oh. But I did. Well, I thought I had a much better project the second time, which was a. Uh, it built upon the work of the first one, but it talked about the real-world possibilities of non-Euclidean geometry. So this dealt with, like, the fact, like, let's say if you did, like, like you were just saying, Adam, like, if you did, like, go off in one direction, if you eventually come back to where you began. Exactly. Like, is our three-dimensional space somehow wrapped, it's wrapped in a four-dimensional sphere? That's right. That's right. Right. And then there's, okay, so let's just assume that, and here's some things you could do with that. You know, and there's some other things in there. That's what I'm saying. You know? Like, once you break that rule, like, all hell breaks loose. You know, you I wouldn't say that. I just said, you know, again, it's all math. I don't know. Depends on but how anyway, you do it. I thought anyway. This, I thought my second one was a lot better. It was kind of ground. It wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't purely abstract. It kind of talked more like, well, here's what it would look like. Maybe it wasn't crazy enough. Right? Like, here's how we would know, right? Because, for example... If you were to, so, you know, as you add um, uh, diameter to, like, a sphere, mm -hmm. right, you get a certain amount of area mm -hmm. of the sphere. But eventually, you would add diameter, and you would actually get less area. <laughs> the area would start going down. But. Okay. Um, but at the same time, it was like, I don't know, I just thought it was, it was better. Let me just put that way. Because again, this was like these were like real world things you could try. Not try, but you know, this could actually describe how the universe actually is, for example. As a potential to. Getting closer but, to a unified theory, perhaps. Yeah. But all this is to say I didn't put anywhere near as much time in it. I thought it was a better thing. I guess it wasn't. I didn't get first place. But again, it was because I had friends. And then Previously, grade. I didn't have friends. I put a lot of time, a lot of time to spend on this thing. Got first place. Second year, no, had friends. I was kind of like, yeah, fuck it. And then your That's senior my year, everything school, now, fuck it. You just spent drunk and skinny dipping in pools. Cool. And you didn't even enter the goddamn science fair. Well, that didn't happen for many couple of years later. I was still <laughs> in this. Yeah, it was a gradual progression, but ultimately. Yeah, didn't get first place the second year. Isn't that crazy how you put less work in and things suck a little more? Hmm. That's interesting. Funny. Yes. That is interesting. Hmm. So, now I've told my little personal Well, what's embarrassing about that is my equivalent of that is, like, the shitty movies I used to make, you know? And I thought they were awesome. The space movie. The secession. Like, that's my equivalent of, like, non-Euclidean geometry and parallel lines coming together is the space movie. <laughs> I mean, that's embarrassing. 
Like you were actually I, like I don't know. You were creating art. You were like this was yeah, like but you purely... had like actual new thought. No, these were not new thoughts. None of this was new. I don't think it was new. None of this was new. This was simply what's well, a new a new perspective on it, perhaps. It was more like you know how at a science fair you might do like something like oh here's my here's my like volcano that goes up. It was kind of like that. It was like. Here is Brad. Shut the fuck up. You non-Euclidean geometry, parallel lines meeting together at some point is not the equivalent of a volcano with baking soda in it that's got red food coloring in it. I'm sorry. I got to put my foot down there. That's a very different thing. It's. But it wasn't original thought. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. I'll concede that, but I don't know. You didn't There's have any, no any new take on it? You didn't have any new perspective? And that's why you're saying the second year was better, because it's like you were actually applying it to things that maybe in some... in 40 years could be tested or experimented, like, you know... Independently verified or something. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. It was the actual, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's different than a volcano spewing up red food coloring, though. I mean, come on now. In the same way that the space movie was different than, like, you know, for instance, um, I don't know, a uh, music video to Robert Palmer's Simply Irresistible that was entered into the student film festival and my epic science fiction movie wasn't. So, maybe similar to that, perhaps? Not that that happened, I'm just hypothesizing. And I'm not bitter about it, if it did happen, which it didn't. Let's put it this way. Today, I can't even remember what it even was. Well, you couldn't. I'm trying so hard to remember, like almost anything about it. You couldn't even remember, like how you proved so easily my mind-blowing divisible by three scenario, which was just like offhand on a napkin back in the day. But yeah, yeah. I don't know how we got there. Let's let's can it, man. Let's get this over with. Let's do it. Let's Come on. put this. Yeah, we're out of here. It's been a fine time. And, uh... It's quite a journey. Man, episode 38, dude. Jeez. I'm... The panic is starting to set in, like... We're gonna be... We're threatening to actually finish this project. It's... Wonderful. This is like my non-Euclidean 10th grade (laughs) project. Like, again, this is my second chance. You can finally this make podcast. it happen. It might happen. I'm going to take something all the way. Again. If we were smart, we would have started episode one 30 seconds before the end of the credits. But damn it, we didn't. And the last episode would end at the end of the Universal logo animation. 30 seconds into the first movie. That's what I would have done if I had it all over well, to do it again. Well, we can do it again. We'll just do it again.
Let's do it again. <laughs> well, that's the thing that I keep thinking about is, like, I know we're coming up on two hours, hour and 50, whatever, and that's a long time, a long freaking time to talk about one minute of a movie. But once again, less than two hours, one minute of a film, how much time did, how many man hours went into this minute of this movie? Well, more than two, that's for sure. Like, a hundred? How many people were on set? Seventy? They were here for more than two hours. They were out on the, you know, out in the wilderness and then in the bowling alley. This is probably 20 hours of work, 70 times 20. Is that 1,400 hours? And we've spent less than two. So we've got like 1,398 hours to go until we've spent as much time as the crew did constructing this minute. So... Yeah, we could do this many more times. Yeah. And keep finding things. Yeah. But in the meantime, we'll uh, think about episode 39, which is coming up. Are we going to bother pimping Facebook? And uh, like, that doesn't really matter, does it? We probably should, but we need to remember to do it in the beginning. Right. We need to put like a sticky on my uh, microphone or something. We're supposed to do that in the beginning. What we should just pump pimp is the website, gutterballs.tv. Just go there. Go there, and from there you can go if you want to follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Like, if you want to, like, you know, keep up with what we're doing and, you know, see some of the stuff, like the images or the some of the stuff we talk about, we post it there, right. Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook. Links to all this bullshit. Like, right. it seems like you could Rube Goldberg your way through the website and, like, eventually find everything. I right. guess, right? It's all there. Yeah. It's just right there. Right, You go to the website, it's right there. It says Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter. Does it have YouTube? Uh, subscribe on there? via iTunes. So you have like, you know, uh, uh, iTunes or uh, iPhone. You can click that. You can get new episodes automatically right onto your uh, iPhone. If you have Android, you can click the subscribe link. It'll work a similar way. There's no, there's no Facebook on here. There's no YouTube on here. You know? It, it's there's not. Facebook. Not on the website. No? No. Well, there will be some. <laughs> there, I do have that alternate first page. I remember I sent it to you like two months ago. Oh, saying, right. hey, I'm going to change it to this. But that doesn't actually And then we exist. got into some, you know, we could kind of come to a consensus about like the size of the icon. So just in limbo. <laughs> I still have it in my head to fix it. Because that's important. Icon size. Hey, it's all about design, right? Design is everything. All right, we got to really put a fork in there. All right. Let's do it. Pull the pin, put the pin in. I don't know what you do with it. Something with the uh, pin. You just you reach behind yourself and grab it out of there and sling it up on the poop deck. Careful, that's my slinging hand. Next time on Gutterballs. Mm, uh, what exactly is the problem? Uh, the problem is...